This is Eric Campbell. You can find me at ericcampbell.com. This is Brian Walker with Image Armor Pre-Treatment and Inks. Johnny Shell with SGIA. Scott Fresner with T-Biz and Network International. And you're listening to Two Regular Guys Podcast. 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 Hosted by Terry Combs and Aaron Montgomery. If you're not listening, you're missing out. It is Friday, April 8th, 2022. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I surprised Aaron with my hat. Yeah, he did surprise me with that hat. I don't know why you'd be wearing that hat, Terry, but um, <laughs> for those of you on the podcast side, Terry is wearing a uh, Jayhawks, a Kansas City Jayhawks, who are the national champions this year. Congratulations, Terry. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at OurSuccessGroup.com. Uh, Terry, today, William Boardman from outside of our industry, but uh, really super smart guy and somebody that I enjoyed meeting recently at the Mountaintop Motivation Summit. Uh, he's going to join us to talk about the human uh, three foundational truths. And um, the reason why we think this is really important for, for our industry here and for folks here, I think he's got some really great insights and stories about kind of focusing on human needs and that can really help us find and retain employees. Um, and honestly, when we start focusing on human needs, it's you, you can take some of this stuff and find customers and retain customers too, Terry. So this is going to be a great conversation. I can't wait. Absolutely. Uh, William and I had a little chat earlier in the week, and, and so I've been looking forward to this show ever since. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get to talk to William, you're... you're not only is he really insightful, but uh, he's he's pretty funny too. So <laughs> ready for some laughs. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hit a couple of uh, news items here, Terry, and uh, then we'll we'll get into this. So um, let's start off that uh, little note that came across here. Gildan has closed the North Carolina facility. Uh, Gildan Activewear recently announced it would close its uh, Mabane North Carolina Distribution Center, a move that will affect 128 employees. Um, a Gildan spokesperson says production will be shifted to a company-owned distribution center in uh, Charlton, South Carolina. So um, I think we talked about this when Jay was on, too, so I didn't want to get too far into it. But um, ah. it, that, that popped into the, the news feed again. So, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're thinking of the folks that are losing their jobs. Hopefully they'll, they'll find something new. And um, speaking of finding something new, Terry, what, uh, what showed up for you? Well, let's stay uh, on that on that subject area of uh, wearables distribution. SNS Activewear uh, has announced the acquisition of TSF Sportswear, which is a wearables distributor in the Southeast U.S. Uh, they're going to operate under the SNS Activewear brand from here on out. Uh, uh, through the acquisition, SNS gains greater access to markets in the southern or southeastern U.S. And at the same time, TSF's customers can select from SNS's brand offerings and benefit from more inventory. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's awesome. Lots of shifting around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You figured after everything that happened, you know, I mean, there was going to be some disruption. There was going to be some things changing. There was going to be some opportunities for change. So exactly. Um, hopeful that uh, all of this means uh, uh, positive changes and um, that maybe we're heading back towards actually people having inventory in stock. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, this is not the first time we've talked about SNS uh, acquiring a, a, a new company as well. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, growth there. And uh, like, uh, like you said there, it, it means that the uh, SNS will be able to better service those folks in the, in the Southeast and, and uh, the TSF customers <laughs> will have access to uh, some additional brands. So exactly. Um, exactly. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just noticed a uh, comment that came in from Dot Tone Dan Campbell. <laughs> Freaking employees. What a hot topic. Can you guess my stance on this subject? <laughs> so we'll... Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I love it, Dan. I, I think we're going to have uh, some good stuff for Dan here. Um, so let's boy. check in with a couple more of the regulators here real quick too, Terry. We've got... Um, Cindy checked in early because she's got a, a customer coming in, so she won't be able to catch us live, but she'll be on the replay or the, the podcast side. So uh, we, we are going to have fun. I, I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> we always do. Uh, Lyndon uh, says, good morning. Happy Friday, everybody. We've got Barb checking in. Good morning, Barb. Chuck, good morning to you, sir. And uh, yeah, so we appreciate everybody tuning in and, and joining us live. We've got uh, Rich checking in as well. Um, and then we talked about Dan already. So Dan, hang tight. We're going to get to it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron, it's, uh, it's time for your dad joke today. It is, it is, it is time for my dad joke. So, uh, buckle up everybody. Here we go. Um, <laughs> and, and as usual, I get my inspiration from my 10 year old. So, uh, we're just keeping in that vein. Um, <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Ready. Let's hear okay. it. Okay. What do you call a security guard at the Samsung store? I don't know, Aaron. What do you call a security guard at the Samsung store? A guardian of the galaxy. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> For those of you that don't have Samsung phones, their flagship phone is called a Galaxy. So, anyhow, okay. <laughs> the fact that I explained that, I felt like I had to. So, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, kudos to uh, Lewis. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Explain it to me. So, anyways. Um... <laughs> All right, Aaron. Before we dive in, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. We are always looking for new guests. If you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com slash two, the number two regular guys and share your show ideas. And if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys podcast with your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would appreciate you giving us a review on any of the locations where you listen to podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon, we're everywhere. And if you're watching it live right now, please join in with your comments and your questions. Yes, please do. And uh, appreciate everybody being here and, and tuning in. But yeah, make sure you uh, get the word out and, and share. And, um, and and don't forget to, uh, you know, the podcast version is also something that uh, everybody should go ahead and just subscribe anyhow, right? So you can always go back, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of golden nuggets from William here today. And, uh, you know, you can easily reference back while you're, you know, on the treadmill, while you're out doing yard work, whatever it is, you know, you can catch it on the podcast side too. And, you don't have to see our pretty faces the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, Terry, before we get to the next little part here, you know how it always goes. You start in on that segment and then I'm always giggling in the background. That's because I'm reading the comments about the dad jokes. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not because you're being funny. So um, Eric here said, uh, if you have to explain the joke, dot, dot, dot. Yes, agreed. And then Todd says, I am marveled by that one. So there we Wow. Go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's hear a quick word about an upcoming workshop. Actually, it's happening this Sunday. We do it every month, but the next one is this Sunday, and we've already got people uh, signed up. So maybe this is something that you want to check out over at our success group too. So whenever you're ready, Eric. Hi, I'm Kyleen. And I'm Aaron from our success group. We understand that feeling of knowing something is holding you back. 
Are you watching others succeed and wondering what they have that you don't? There's a secret locked away inside of each of us, yet we never think about fixing it because it has to be something external from ourselves. It is the limiting belief that everyone wants to just push aside and try to hustle and grind harder to get there. But the truth is, those limiting beliefs are keeping you from asking for help or doing the action needed to move your business forward. The sooner you can identify what's holding you back, the sooner you will start achieving your goals. Head on over to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash unlock and click the turquoise button. Learn the magic to unlock your potential. We hope you make this investment in yourself and unlock your potential so you can find more meaning and success in your life. All right. Well, definitely go check that out. Like I said, we've got uh, that coming up s Sunday here on April 10th. And uh, so it's a great opportunity to, to get in, you know, and I know it's a Sunday. We move the days around all the time just to be, be sure we find something for everybody. So um, we had people requesting Sundays. So we thought, you know what, let's do it. And, uh, and it's yeah. the turquoise, turquoise button. That was <laughs> yeah, it is. It is the so <laughs> easy to find. It's nice and big right there at, at, at group.com forward slash unlock. So love to have you join us on Sunday. All right, guys. So um, Terry, shall we get our guest in here? Let's do. Let's bring in William. Okay. All right. Well, um, so according to William's bio, he is no one of consequence, yet no one to be trifled with. So anyhow, <laughs> just kidding. That's a joke. Um, William is a respiratory therapist, a storyteller, a journeyman sheet metal worker, a public speaker. He served in the National Guard field artillery unit and graduated from the Academy of Radio Broadcasting. So welcome into the show, William Boardman. William, Hi, how are you doing today? Good, good. All right. Excellent. Well, get that so great tropical look going for you there. <laughs> I like it. Don't spend much time there, but I like it. <laughs> well, I'm just back last week from uh, from uh, Southern California myself, so I should have done the same thing. <laughs> Warm there. My wife just got back from San Diego. So very good. Yeah, very good. just enjoying the warmth. Awesome. Well, hey, let's jump right in, uh, William. So. Uh, Aaron mentioned the, the foundational truths. What is the first foundational truth? Uh, first foundational truth is we all want to be wanted. Okay. So can you explain that for us? <laughs> I think that we, it's something that we all know, right? Because if you've ever been on the outside, if you've ever been ignored, you know that you want to be wanted. It's like, you know, how come if you've ever been, if you've ever been, you know, a young single male, <laughs> I spent some time in that category. And I was like, man, I, I want to be wanted. I want somebody to want me. And yeah. uh, so that's important. And we'll, we'll draw into that because there's a difference between being needed and being wanted. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah, that, that'll that'll be good to understand because I think a lot of that can uh, also then help us understand how our interactions with others, employees, customers, etc., uh, will by having that distinction really kind of makes a difference. Is that correct? Uh, it it it, is, it does make a, a big difference, but it's more of a long term difference. I mean, you can use all kinds of tools to motivate someone. Sure. But it, you know they say that loyalty to someone goes a long way for getting them to go the extra mile for you. Absolutely. 
Okay. All right. Well, yeah. let, let's then let's talk about then what is the second foundational truth? The second foundational truth is we all want to know that our contribution is valued. Okay. That's yeah. important because sometimes we don't get the thank yous. Somebody might go years without being appreciated for what they've contributed. Yeah. And so that that's an important thing. People want to know they're the, they're not just there. They want to know they're not just a cog. Gotcha. Doing cog work. They want to know that what they're doing is important because if you're not doing important work, you disengage. You disengage from the work. We, yeah. we could do an entire show on that subject. And and <laughs> I, I'm going to reference something, Aaron, that I referenced uh, uh, probably a month or so ago is on, on a flight sitting across the aisle from two pilots. And one pilot said to the other pilot, just once I'd like to hear him say, nice landing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and that, that, I mean, it's um, on every level people want to uh, be appreciated for what they contribute. So that's excellent. So, so uh, let's, let's move forward then. What is the third foundational truth, William? We all want to be inspired. Hmm. That's important because if you are working with someone else, hopefully something that you're doing is inspiring to someone. If, if you're not doing something well or yeah, you, you know, your attitude sort could be towards something. There's there's a lot of different things that are inspiring, but we all want to be inspired. We all want someone to to take uh, take notice of us and and uh, say, you know, I, I I noticed that you have potential. And also, along with that goes uh, raising our sights and uh, and helping us to see higher goals. And those those are ways that we can inspire people and that we have been inspired. Yeah. And so it's important to remember that, you know, there are inspirational things that have touched us. There are people who have uh, looked at us and seen the potential in us yeah. and gone ahead and and tried to help us to to achieve that potential, even if it's not in the same area of interest that they have yeah yep yeah that's uh that, that's really important i love that all right well just we're going to back up real quick to the second one because ramona had uh, one of the regulators here had a comment that i thought uh, was worth worthy of sharing here ramona says back 100 years ago when i worked in an office cubicle we referred to ourselves as typing monkeys it was a sad place right so they were yeah. were not valued they didn't feel valued so um interesting well okay william so let's We've got the three truths, uh, and and so we, we understand that, and you've given us a really good uh, foundation as to you know why those things are important. But let's take it a step further. Why is that important for you know us as business owners? Why is that important for people that are looking to find or retain employees, and and you know like I said, maybe even customer relationships? But how do we use this information in terms of of that particular kind of thing? How do we find employees? That's a good question. You're going to, you're working in an area where a lot of the work that you're doing is creative. And so that kind of clues you in to, to who you're looking for, because you're not just looking for anybody. If you just, if 
you just want anybody, then uh, you, you don't really complain. It's like, yeah, I told them what to do. And, you know, there's the work. Go get them. Yeah. And and that's it. But you're going to want and most of your most of your um, audience are smaller shops. Yeah. And so it you you don't really become a cog in a smaller shop. You are someone. You're not just a number. You have a name and people know you and they call you by name. And that's a great start right off the bat. Because that's one of the things that helps us know that we're wanted is people actually use our name. So uh, let me just uh, look at what I, I wrote down a few notes here. As far as finding employees, um, you want to build a relationship with someone. And so that's kind of how you're picking this thing out. You're looking for someone and you kind of know the person that you want for the job. Yeah, anybody could do it. Yes, I would love to have somebody with a PhD in psychology come over here and help me in my shop. <laughs> but they're probably going to want a lot of money uh, in order to do that. So we need to find someone who's more aligned with uh, entrepreneurial type work uh, and somebody who's uh, creative because being creative, they get an, a chance to explore a little bit. And so those are some of the things you're probably going to want to look for and engage them in some way. Look at look at what someone might have to offer and say, how can I help them and help myself as well? Yeah. If you're just looking at a name on a resume, that's not going to work so well. As a matter of fact, um, Bob Bodine wrote a book called The Power of Who. And in there, he talked about the importance of referrals and references. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you're looking for someone, talk to the people that you know and see if they know somebody who fits the demographics and, and uh, the interests that you're looking for. Yeah, that's great. And that's, that's a great way to find people rather than just putting out a sign and hoping someone will stop by who's the right fit. And that's another thing. You've probably already got a team, whether it's just two of you or whether there's 10 of you, you've probably got a team. So if you're looking for an employee, uh, that's going to be kind of tough because now everybody's got to adjust to to the um, peculiarities of the person who's coming in. Yeah. So you might want to look for a fit uh, in the team, yeah. someone who works well with others. Awesome. Uh, or maybe it's somebody who's uh, a little bit more, you know, we're having a party back there all the time. We need somebody who's a little bit more nose to the grindstone. But <laughs> you're looking for someone who's who's got something that will add to the team. Yeah. So, well, and, that's and you know, consider. yeah, I think also, and that's that's an excellent point because, you know, you spend probably more time with your coworkers than than you do with uh, with sometimes with your own family. So uh, it, it's got to be a situation where you, you you're not dreading going to work because of that one employee, that one person that is the black cloud over <laughs> over your shop. And the more employees you have, the more chance you have of that of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, Monday morning, I'm going in and I'm going to work with a team of Eeyores. That's going to be great. <laughs> you know, you want to have a Tigger in there, right? Yeah, exactly. Somebody right. who bounces Stop bouncing. <laughs> Having a little bit of fun, you yeah. know, somebody who brings energy because you, you, you probably want some energy in there. 
Yeah. Um, so if you're spending a lot of money on energy drinks, think about bringing in somebody in who's got some energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well you know, William, when you and I talked earlier in the week too, you, you, you made a point of saying that, you know, when you're working with other people, you want to have a little bit of fun. And, and, mm -hmm. and I, I remember um, I used to do some printing for Disney down in Orlando. And, and every time I would call and talk to the, the, the buyers or anybody there, you'd always hear people chit chatting or you always hear people kind of laughing in the background. I thought, man, what a great working environment they must have. And, 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 you know, makes you, makes you want to go to work when you're in a positive environment like that. Yes. And if you're looking to bring in a new employee, that means you're kind of in charge. And so if you're in charge, you know, what are some things you want to bring into the business? Do you want it to, uh, do you want people to dread coming into work? They wake up in the morning and they're just like, oh, and drag themselves in and, you know, and, and, and just kind of not be excited about being there because it's just not aligned with the things that they enjoy doing. Or do you want to have people to wake up and say, man, I can't wait to go to work today. I work with some of the neatest people and they treat yeah. me well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes uh, you, you have to part ways with those folks as well. And and, and here's something uh, that, that should be an inspiration to people out there. A crappy attitude is not a protected class in society. You, you don't you don't have to keep those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate, but I'm hoping that we can we can make a difference in their life and kind of reignite the fire that they they have rather than just turn them loose and put them out there. I, I, I think that, I mean, obviously you, you can't just keep somebody who's not, might not helping. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, if there's something I could do to inspire them, if there's, is, if there's something toxic at the workplace that I need to get rid of so that they can feel like, you know, they're really making it. And maybe that's it. Maybe we need to notice that they are making a contribution. You'd be surprised how fast that can help turn somebody's attitude around when when they get acknowledged for the contributions that they've made. Yeah. You, you know, that's a that's a tremendous point. And I hope people are making note of this because so often uh, owners and managers focus themselves on the on the low end of the of the of the staff where you, you're focused on the, on the troublesome people. When the person over here who shows up to work every day on time, always raises their hand for, for overtime uh, is always helping out. Sometimes you forget to recognize the people who are doing it right. Uh, yes. And, and they can, they can turn sour if they see that you're treating someone else differently. Yeah. Or, and, you know, it's kind of like the boss's kid, right? The boss's kid comes in, he comes in, you know, 45 minutes late, he leaves 30 minutes early, uh, doesn't do a lot, uh, and, you know, just kind of makes it difficult for everybody else. If that's the case, you know, then maybe take a hard look at what you've got there as far as bringing your kids up. Because, you know, if you're a small shop, very good chance that you're either bringing up your kids or brought up your kids, teaching them how to do this or, or utilizing their labor to help uh, make this go. Yeah. 
And, and that's not a bad thing. And as a matter of fact, as long as they're, you know, hard workers and responsible, that's the kind of person you want to raise as a parent, you know, someone who can uh, become the manager and make sure you're there early and see that all of the, uh, the little dots are, are being made and T's crossed, whatever needs to happen. Sure. They're doing a good job uh, yeah. because they're you're you're making them responsible for for the job for the business, yeah. and so uh, the way that uh, you treat others. So if somebody keeps coming in late and they don't get in trouble, and you're there always uh, five ten minutes early, that starts to affect my morale. Um, exactly. <clears throat> well, I, I know Aaron came from a family business early on, and I, and I will always remember, I was probably 15, and my dad had me come and do some kind of work at, at, at the department store that he managed, and, and on the drive there, he said, okay, here's the deal, you have to work harder than everybody there because you're the you're the manager's son so you have to go in there and 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 work hard every minute of the day and i never forgot that and 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 uh the, and and at the same time uh, i worked at a company once where i had to fire the uh the owner's son uh, for exactly the reason you said always coming in late always you know uh, stopping people from doing their work to tell a great story. And I had to go into the owner's office and say, Hey, I had to let your son go today. I hope that's okay. Oh. <laughs> and he said, he said, Hey, if he's not doing the job, he's not doing the job. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, hey, William. So I want to, you kind of alluded early on that the, the from the first foundational truth about the difference between being needed and wanted, right? Is that, yes. is that correct? Can, yes. can we go back and dig into that? I've been kind of sitting there going, I can't wait to know more about this. <laughs> I was being patient, well, but I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, what is being needed? Being needed is when you are a benefit to someone else and it has a deadline. Being wanted is just being yourself. It's because you're you. It's, it's not because you can do something for me. It's not transactional. It's because you're you. It's, it's, I mean, that's probably the true definition of a friend, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's somebody who can't necessarily uh, help you, but you like them just the same. Yeah. And so that's an important thing because if it's always transactional, then it, you know, it comes down to that, uh, that phrase, uh, what have you done for me lately? And that's, that, that also goes into a larger uh, scheme of, of the entire workforce. Uh, and uh, I'm talking nation and worldwide. Mm -hmm. uh, over the years, we have been going on a steep incline as far as productivity, but not on pay. And so, um, pay is not com commensurate with the increased productivity that's been happening hmm. and people want the productivity. That's the, uh, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. But I think that things, and eventually where does that lead? I mean, eventually we're going to have enough machines and artificial intelligence to be able to do most jobs everywhere. Yeah. So what are you going to do then? What are you going to do when there are, are more people out of jobs because machines do it more effectively? 
They're efficient. They don't stop to chat. They've removed the human element for all intents and purposes. And so everybody needs to uh, learn how to work on machines. <laughs> well, that's that's one aspect. But I think I think that taking a step back and and looking at things, uh, how are you treating your employees? Are you treating them like they are wanted? Are you treating your customers like they are wanted, rather than you're just a number? Oh, you didn't buy. Oh, okay, bye. You know, you might want to reconnect with them. Let them know some of the new things that you have coming up, some new ideas, or um, maybe if you're if you're working with uh, with shirts, what type of fabrics that you're you've got, or colors that are coming up. Something that that if it will help them, talk to them. Yeah. It's like you know you 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 uh, you own a business and your team all wears you know these shirts that you have me. Uh, custom design for you yep. and it's like you know what those those were good t-shirts but this new material that I have is actually going to last longer and it's it's that um, uh, that uh, air wicking type yep. material that makes people feel comfortable and so let me just introduce you to it and let you know you tell me what you think about that and, and, you know, anytime that you you see some things at a trade show that, that might benefit your customers, keep them in mind and then keep them in the loop. Yeah. And that, that helps them because that lets them know that they matter to you. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they, you develop that relationship and somebody else comes along with something. Yeah, we can do it quicker and better. And they don't really care. They're just trying to get a sale. Yeah. Well, that's. That's uh, it's like, you know what, we're going to just stay with what we've got because what we've got works and we like the people that we work with. Yeah. And so, again, that's kind of a loyalty thing that develops from a relationship. Yeah. And, so, and, and, you know, there's a there's always an assumption of companies that think, well, the other guys, they're all doing it right. The bigger companies are all doing it right. That's not that's not the case. Uh, there's huge opportunity here for people who who uh, who grasp on to these concepts and in, in their own businesses. Uh, I literally had somebody say to me this year, uh, the, he said, I called XYZ company for some support. And he goes, Terry, you're not going to believe what they said to me. Hey, you haven't bought anything from us lately. So they basically weren't going to help him because he hadn't purchased anything lately. And of course, his response to me was, I will never, ever buy anything from them again. So um, there, there's these things all make sense. They, you know, and you look at it and you go, well, of course we have to do these things. Most people don't. So uh, that's the opportunity. Right. Another thing in, in regards to uh, the, the big uh, efficient businesses versus the smaller ones is that the smaller ones can serve the smaller groups that the big ones are like, eh, that order's not big enough for me to care about. And so that there's an opportunity, there's an opportunity in there. And then another aspect is customization. You know what? Uh, those guys, they live far away. And what is it that they're not providing? Um, is it uh, that you can deliver because they, they live within 30 miles of you? Is, is there some other aspect where you can customize 
the um, the business to them. So yep. it's like, you know, you know what they like? I, I, uh, I'll iron these shirts, you know, I'll show some, I'll do something to show yeah. that I care. Exactly. Um, there's, there's a bunch of things. Maybe it's something, maybe it's something that you're doing. I'm trying to think there was a book, uh, about sticking, sticking. It had duct tape on it. Uh, hmm. Sorry, it skipped my right. mind. Maybe one of the regulators will come up with it. <laughs> uh, but that's that's the point is is having something that stands out. Right. So maybe you put something that's scented in with the um, the shirt, so that when they they come out, you know, it's not just a newly manufactured smell, but a, a pleasant smell. Yeah. Not overpowering, but something that's kind of pleasant. They'll be like, you know what? I really like opening these boxes. That, Terry, that makes me think of uh, Johnny Cupcake, who started this whole entire, he sells t-shirts, but he does it in as if he's a baker. And so people come into his place and there's the vanilla scent and, you know, and yep. it, they're packed in, in baker's boxes and things like that. And, um, you know, he's made a massive business out of that and he sells out of all of his stuff, like as soon as he releases it, people have his logo tattooed on their body like I said, he did something different. He told yeah. his customers that he cared about them and uh, that, that, you know, their input mattered. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Limited edition shirts are only available this week. And, and yeah, it's uh, he, he has, uh, he has created a, an incredible concept out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, but it just takes that, like you just talked about there, William, that, that little, Let's just do something different. Let's show our customers that we actually want them, not that we just need them. And I think that yeah. can be so wide ranging, right? Because then you talk about employees. It's it's the same type of things. It's when, when you talked about productivity versus pay and all that other stuff, it doesn't necessarily have to be about the pay, but it has to be about the amount of recognition that they're getting for being wanted versus being needed. Does that sound about right? It does. It does. Uh, there is there is something I should probably say, just because as an employee, uh, I can't remember what it was, but something something brought it to my attention, and I I uh, I wrote about it. There was actually a um, oh my goodness, you know, when you get a little bit gray, uh, you don't remember things quite as well. Norman <laughs> Rockwell. There was a Norman Rockwell painting. And it shows it shows this uh, lady, and she's got this skinny bird sitting on the scale, and the butcher's looking up there at the at the big dial there, and she's looking up there, and she's pushing up on the bottom of this of the 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 pan holding the chicken, and he's got his finger on the other side pushing down while they both look up there at the scale, <laughs> and and that's one of the truths that you have to you have to look at is scale tipping if you take something away from the employees and i'm just saying this in regards to where i used to work if you take something away they will find a way of tipping the scale so that they're not all at a loss you know what i'm saying yep. and so it's it's important to look at what the owners are doing and it's it's like you don't want them to tip the scale without you know you want to pay attention to what's going on. You don't want them taking home 
uh, reams of, of copy paper or something like that, thinking that they're going to even the score. But as, as you're working with people, if there's something that has to change, uh, you need to kind of look at that and say, that you know, that's a change. I, how can I compensate them so that they're still uh, getting as good or better than, than what they had before? Yep. Uh, and that's, that's an important thing because people feel like you value them rather than, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, to, uh, I can't afford this, so you don't get it. And there's no, no compensation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you, you also have to put yourself in the shoes of that employee because you as an entrepreneur, you you have different um, different ways of inspiring yourself. And, and, and you can't think of all of your employees as having that entrepreneurial spirit because chances are they would already be an entrepreneur if they had that mindset. So sometimes you have to think, get into their shoes, what inspires, what motivates them. And and, and I do have an example because Aaron, you know, I always have examples. <laughs> <laughs> when I did survey the employees, because the owner of a company I worked with one time was talking about uh, how giving life and free life insurance to all the employees was such a great benefit to the employees. And I said, our average employee is about 25 years old. They don't care. And, and he goes, oh, no, no, it's super important, super important. So, well, let me just survey the employees. And I, I, and I didn't say what benefits they were getting. I just said, tell me what benefits the company offers you and, you, and don't share your answers. And you know what one of the top benefits of the, what was? When I do a really great job, sometimes... Uh, my boss gives me movie tickets for me and my spouse. That that was one of the top benefits offered by the company. And by the way, the free life insurance did not make anybody's list. And that were 75 production floor employees. Not one of them mentioned free life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but but to to that business owner, he's thinking in a different different way, a different direction. So sometimes you got to get 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 your feet out there on the production floor and 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 have conversations and and see what motivates and inspires the people who are coming to work for you every day. Yeah. Yep, getting to know them. And and that's easier. That's easier with the smaller shops. If you've yeah. got under 100 employees, that's it's uh, easier to uh get to know them a little bit and then kind of watch. Uh, it's funny you mentioned movie tickets. Uh, my wife works at a hospital and uh, sometimes they have to work overtime and stuff like that. And the supervisor will, will give them a pair of tickets to the movie, free, free movie passes. And uh, we really, really enjoyed that. So yeah. I, I think that that's, and it's, it's not that expensive per se. Mm -hmm. uh, so so that's a that's a great thing. But, you know, like the five love languages, some people aren't about receiving gifts. Some of them are about receiving an appreciation. They just need to hear you say it. Yeah. You know, I appreciate exactly. your work. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a great point. That's a great point. You talked about um, the five love languages, you know, as, a, as an employer. Understanding that, I think, is a really good, uh, good thing to have. It, well, you also talked about being valued a couple of times. I heard you say in there. Um, and, and so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that second foundational truth a little bit more. Um, I got an opportunity to, to uh, check out one of the presentations you did for the Rotary, and you had a really great story about being valued in there. And so maybe you can share that story with us, if you don't mind. But um, 
and then we've got some regulator comments I want to get to after that. So does that you think you can uh, give us a little bit more about uh, the, the being valued and, and what that kind of looks like? Maybe, like I said, even with a good story. I know you've got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually a story that I heard when I was a kid and I, I don't remember who told the story, but it was uh, about uh, a logging camp and the owner uh, of the logging camp had a son, Jim, and he was learning all the ropes in the business and that he was prone to making mistakes sometimes but there was there was another worker Franz, and he liked to needle the boss's boy and so every time that uh, uh the the boy jim would uh brag about how fast he could take the limbs off of a a, a tree then uh, Franz would needle him and say like yeah yeah maybe if you had you know all day long to do it or he might say, yeah, you probably broke them off, but you certainly didn't get them, you know, close enough to the trunk for it to actually be useful. And he just, he, he would always get Jim's goat, but I mean, he was an old logger experienced and, and he knew things and, and Jim was just learning, but Jim just hated it. Yeah. And then one day it became the time for uh, the owner to, to transfer the, the business to his son, Jim. And he's like, man, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to fire Franz. But uh, this was back in the day when they had horses that would take the logs out. And so his first day, he's, he's headed over there and uh, he has to cross several hills to get to him. And he's trudging through the snow to get over so that he can fire Franz. And uh, he sees him and he's over there. The horses had just pulled a log off the guys were going to be waiting for the horses to come back so they were standing by a fire warming themselves up and Franz Franz had had a shovel in his hands and he had it over the fire and uh the rest of the guys are just you know joking and talking and and Franz is stooped over there and he's shaking that shovel and steam starts coming off of it and Jim stopped and he had to look and he's like, what in the world is going on over there? And he kept walking, he got closer and he realized that he was drying sand. They used sand when there was snow and ice on the ground in order to get friction so that the logs didn't slip sideways or the horses wouldn't lose their, their traction. And so uh, he was drying out the sand so that it would be more more helpful so uh he saw him doing that and he had to stop and think for just a minute there he's like man uh, you know everybody else is just you know talking and this man actually cares because it wasn't uncommon for a, a log to slip even if they had sand and a big huge two-ton log slipping sideways and hitting you in the side would break your ribs and maybe your arm and leg too yeah. and so he actually had seen accidents and, and he knew the value of what Franz was doing. And he had to rethink everything that he thought he knew about Franz. He finished walking over there and he says, hey, Franz. And Franz didn't even move. He knew that he was the new boss. He knew that he'd been uh, needling him and that he was, you know, really uh, you know, in a, in a bad situation at the time, <laughs> he just kept doing what he's doing. He says, I hear you boy. And he, Jim says, uh, you know why I'm here? 
And Prawn says, he, he turns at that point and looks at Jim and he says, I reckon you're here to fire me. And Jim looked at him and he says, Franz, after seeing you dry out that sand, that's probably going to save somebody's life. He says, I couldn't fire you even if I wanted to. He says, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what you do because you make a difference here. And Franz, his eyes just started watering because never in his life had he been uh, told that his work was appreciated. Hmm. And that's why we all want to know that our work is valued. So that's what we should do. We should notice what people are doing and then say what you're doing has this effect. If you, if you're paying attention and you can see what their contribution is and the effect it has, Tell them that. That shows that you value their work. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's such a powerful story. <laughs> and and to me, that was like light bulb moment. Like, yep, valued. Yeah. And then you just talked about the fact that, you know, you've got to pay attention. And I think that can be a challenge, especially for a small business owner when they're wearing lots of hats and lots of things going on. Um you do, you know, your job though really is to pay attention to what's going on with your employees, catch them doing, instead of always looking out for them to do something wrong, catch them doing something good and be very clear about what it is that they're doing and, and show them that they're valued. Um, and, and then understanding what's going on in, in their world. So, so you can, you know, be there to support them and let them know that they're wanted, not just needed. So. And I think as, as the, as the business owners, uh, they, you can see what someone's doing that might be uh, causing something to take more time or it takes more labor than it should. Yeah. But I mean, as you kind of reflect on what happened that day, you can also notice what someone did that made things go smoothly and that somebody was always on top of something or somebody headed off a, uh, a an obstacle before it got too bad yeah you know there's there's other things that you can notice as well as you as you reflect on the day and so it may not be in the moment that they're doing it but that doesn't mean that you didn't notice uh or appreciate it later and then you can bring that to their attention and say you know I, what you did that that's something that other people aren't doing i want you to show them how you're doing it so that they can do that. I think that's going to make a big difference in how fast we can get things out. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, really. nobody, nobody knows more about uh, how to be efficient at, at what they do than the people actually doing it every day. So, you know, yeah. uh, well, and, and the owner probably has appreciation because he most likely started in a, a, a small shop or a one man shop. And so, uh, seeing that other people have caught on and understand it and sometimes find something that you didn't even use that would have been beneficial. You know, you see things and you're like, yes, that's helpful. That's useful. I like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Terry, let, let's go back and catch. Um, so William, we're, we're going to ask you to just uh, do your best. And if Terry and I have some insight, we're happy to share too. Um, Dan had a question I thought was worth sharing here as we talk about employees a little bit. 
uh, and this was back a little ways, Eric, he said, uh, we have heard it said that the younger generation has a total new way of looking at work and value of time. I've seen firsthand that the younger ones just cannot show up, no phone call, no text, and be gone for a day or four, and then they pop back in for work one day out of the blue. Um, I've heard a lot more of the mental health issues as reasons. It seems more like excuses, good ones, that can be used against you as protection for them. Any thoughts on that? So, William, I'll, I'll let you take the first crack at that one. Well, I think that uh, for the most part, they've just kind of lived a sheltered life. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's tough, but I need you to learn some responsibility and maybe not use the word responsibility. Man, that's like getting hit in the head with a baseball bat. But <laughs> you, you'll, want to, you'll want to say, you know, the, uh, the more that you're able to, uh, to do and, you know, the more respon- uh, the, the, the more I don't even know how to say it without using the word responsible, but <laughs> uh, as, as you continue to show yourself to, to become a master at some of these tasks, the, uh, you know, either the pay is going to become commensurate to that, or there's going to be some sort of a benefit for you. So as you learn these things, you're going to learn, you're going to receive something in return yeah and and so i how do you get them to even come and show up for you know when you put out a sign say you know uh we're, we're hiring and it's like that that can be tough yeah. you need to you need to try to find something that will interest them now maybe they'll come in the door and then it's like if they're an artistic type of a person and this kind of really has a good vibe for them, then, you know, help them out. But maybe this isn't their end goal. Maybe they've got another goal. Maybe you can help them along towards that goal. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're teaching someone who's going to become your competitor. Uh, that might be a good thing because, you know, if you have a certain niche and he's more crazy about doing goth style stuff, you know, that might not be a bad thing. He, he might be yeah. more interested in doing stuff that you're completely not interested yeah. in doing. Yeah. But certainly encouraging people who have talent and helping them along their way, it's it's going to, they're going to remember you. Yeah. And so you might be setting them up for success. And, and maybe that's something. Uh, Benjamin Franklin did that, right? With the printing press. He builds, uh, he got, learned everything and then he uh, brought somebody in and taught him everything and then he went to another town and he set up somebody else doing the same thing and he just on and on and then he's he's just receiving basically you know royalties from these guys they're paying him a monthly amount for setting up the shop and whatnot and all he has to do is set up several of those and the money's just rolling in yeah, yeah. now i'm not saying everybody can do that i'm just saying that's one concept that shows that you know, maybe you can set some, some other people, maybe set them up underneath you. Look, if you'll do this work and I can set somebody else to do this other type of work. And then, you know, I can I can just take a step up the pyramid and uh, and have more people doing stuff below me if you've got enough work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a really great way to look at all that. You know, you talk about the that they 
need to learn some responsibility. Like I said, that's a definitely a, a challenge to, but because they, they've never had to, right. They've never been um, in that place. They've been so overly protected that they haven't had to do that, but I think that they deep down really want to. And, and so if you can get back to that second truth of being valued, you know, helping them understand that when they show up and they're here and they're doing the work, it's very valued. Um, and so we're counting on you, you know, you're wanted here. And so you know, but when you're not, then that causes us to go, Hey, uh, we don't know if we can count on this. So this, this work is valued, the stuff that you're, you're going to be doing for us. And, you know, but we need you to be here to be able to do that. And so how do we, how do we find that? How, how, how are you inspired? <laughs> I mean, I really think that you can take these three truths and just kind of use that for the whole parts and pieces of, of all this, as far as, as I can tell. So Terry, what are your thoughts on this? Well, and I think, uh, and I agree, uh, but I think also you have to define what the job is. I mean, there, there's a lot of times there's an assumption when I hire somebody, they should know they need to work, need to work on time. They should know this. They should know that. Well, you know what? Uh, in, in today's society, they don't necessarily know that. So you, you have to say, here is the definition of being successful in this position that you're about to accept. And, and that is, we expect you to be to work on time. We expect you to call if there's a reason you can't be here. We expect this, we expect that. And, and define the job because, you know, I, I took a, a position at a company in Maryland once. And the very first thing that was said to me by the owner was, hey, you need to fire this person over here. Well, why is that? Well, they're not doing a good job. And I said, did, did you explain to them that they weren't doing a good job? Did you tell them what a good job looks like? Well, no, but they're just not doing it. I said, well, let's let's take a different tack. Let me have a conversation with this uh, gentleman and explain to him what's expected of him. And guess what? Uh, he, he lived up to that expectation because you, you have to tell people, what you what you want to see them achieve you know what what the expectation is before you can expect them to to reach it you know one person over here thinks hey i can print 10 shirts an hour i'm doing an awesome job this person over here says i can print 100 shirts an hour i'm afraid i'm going to get fired tomorrow you know you have to define what what a good job is yeah yeah william what are the thoughts you have on that well there was uh something that jordan peterson had said uh, and this has to do with people who are like disagreeable. And, and, and unfortunately, I, I sometimes find myself in that camp. Uh, <laughs> and that's that's uh, um, just just ask them, what is it that you want? What is it that you want in life? What is it that you want? I mean, and then if it's if it's just like, oh, I just want a new skateboard. Give me a little bit more. What do you really want in life? And, and let them define that because then they have something that they have just stated a goal that they're trying to achieve and you can from time to time point out things that will help them get there like you know you come in here and and you you put in the work and the hours and it's not long before you can do this now what about time off if they need some time off well you know can you work with them can you work with them on that but you know if you know what they really want that helps you to understand why they want time off. Yeah. And maybe it is important. Yeah, agreed. As a side note to uh, someone who was born and raised in California, William, a, a new skateboard is a real thing to all the other listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's some great comments here in, in the comments section. Uh, Natasha's had a, a ton of great stuff. Um, we won't be able to get to all of it, but uh, she says uh, there's also something to be said about meeting people where they are. Um, I think that's a really good point. And then Eric shared uh, intrinsic motivation comes from a sense of autonomy, a path to mastery and connection to a larger purpose. It requires consistent feedback, but you have to align with more the more the, the work transaction to create self-motivation. So uh, that, that's uh, all excellent stuff, too. One other quick thing I'm, I want to just share. Um, I'm actually in the middle of reading. Uh, I'm a Audible's guy, so I'm listening to a book. Um, it's called uh, Permission to Screw Up. And it's about a, a young lady who started a cleaning business in, when she was in college down in Florida, and her entire crew is college students. And so she's all of the all the CEOs out there think that she's like the millennial whisperer, basically. <laughs> and she has a lot of really great points. A lot of the stuff that William was just talking about, where it is about you know, sharing with them that they're valued and, and helping them understand that, but then giving them what she's talking about, the, giving them the room to screw up. And she had a intern that uh, had a $40,000 payroll mistake. And instead of fixing it for her, she gave her the space to allow her to take on the responsibility of fixing that mistake. And, and so um, anyhow, great, great book. William, any other thoughts? I, I know we talked about the first and second one. Um, we all want to be inspired. Anything that you can share with us there before we let you go? We're, we're, we're going to go into bonus time for sure. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, noticing their potential. And that that is something. If you see that they've got a knack, especially if it's like artistic or something like that, and yeah. you can steer them. And maybe, maybe you're steering them right out the door because they have a talent and they need to go somewhere in order to feed that that uh, that uh, talent that they have yeah. and so but notice uh the potential that they have in different areas and and point that out that also helps them to pay more attention to that as well you've really got a knack for numbers um you know why don't you help me when it's time for us to uh take a account of what we've done at the end of, of each week. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, however you can involve them and, uh, uh, notice their, their potential, but then also, uh, like I said, setting their, their sights a, a little bit higher in some of their goals. If they say, you know, I'm just trying to do this and you might know something. It's like, well, you know, if you try a little bit harder, you know, you could actually, probably be able to do this yeah and uh, and it's doable as a matter of fact and and this is like the power of who again it's like i know some people that i can put you in touch with and that's another thing that you have and probably ought to keep that in mind uh, as far as uh something that you uh, you have to offer is your connections and so when people come in you know it's not just what you know but it's also people that you know Yep. have the ability to help so so that's a that's a possibility as far as looking at your employees or your customers yeah in ways yeah. that you well, can and, and coming full circle when you talked earlier about uh finding employees by referral that that person you've helped achieve their goal 
they're they're going to say nothing but great things about you and your company as well, and 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 that they might be opening a stream of of new employees that that you might be able to hire that have the same uh, the same values as that that employee that you help to achieve their goals. So, right, and then that uh, that idea of the higher purpose, it's like, well, what what kind of values do you have in your company? Yeah. that other people might want to associate with. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Patagonia got a big name because of, uh, I think it was environmental uh, concerns that they helped address. And so people would get on board for that. But yeah. what about you? You have your company. I mean, you you might have some personal ones in the, and the company might have some different goals. It's like, you know what? We We help fight child hunger in our community. If you have something like that, a lot of people can get on board with helping you. And maybe you just don't have a, a lot of money you can put that direction. But maybe if you say, okay, you know, for every um, every hundred orders that we get out, we'll put so much money towards this um, this cause. And, and it might not be big at first, but if other people buy in and then you start getting more business, then hopefully that means you're making more money and you have more to give towards a cause. Yeah. But uh, just giving money isn't the only thing you can do for a cause. You can lend your time. You can ask your employees, you know, this is the cause that our company supports. Can you come and donate time uh, reading with children or um, spending some time talking to seniors in an assisted living or or, or whatever your your cause happens to be, you know, just uh, help everybody. If it's a good cause and people buy into it, it's like you know this is this is worth letting other people know about as well, so that they can support us as yeah. we support this cause. Oh, that's wonderful! Wow, William, great stuff. Uh, Terry, did we miss anything? I think we covered it all, and uh, and almost our our time <laughs> <laughs> this is great william um so i want to ask you where can people find you and and uh you know connect with you or, or anything like that this has been a great discussion i know that you're not inside of our industry but i know you're doing a lot of wonderful amazing things helping out people so uh, is there somewhere where people can connect with you you can connect with me on linkedin it's william boardman and it says the community speaker that's me okay uh, if you want to um other than that, you can connect with me on my email, uh, and uh, and and that works too. My my website's down. Uh, my <laughs> my web designer passed away of cancer, and he was a dear friend of mine. Oh my gosh! So, uh, as I transfer over to someone else, uh, it's it's getting all redesigned, and it's it's not up right now. Okay, so, well, connect with you on LinkedIn, or there got your email address there too. William, again, thank you so much for your time. This has been incredible. Uh, what a great, just the, the whole piece, right? I mean, I think we can use this in so many areas, but it, it really did stand out for as far as employees and then customers and things like that. So thanks again, William. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Great. All thanks, right. William. Awesome. Yeah, Terry. fantastic, Aaron. That was, that was great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I knew after talking to William uh, earlier in the week that uh, this was going to be a really good show. And so uh, <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I had just a crazy week and I'm like, uh, shoot, I, I, we need to talk to William and you were able to do that. And then I as soon I was kind of like waiting. I had I was in the middle of a call and I saw the message that you sent that like 
yeah, this is going to be a great show. I was like, yes, I knew it. I knew it when I met him the first time. So good. Um, all right, Terry. Well, let's uh, let's we've got five things to do here still. So uh, let's let's get into that. Would you uh, be the do the honors of, of reading this for uh, for Crystal? Um, Absolutely. All right. Eric, so we are ready. You're Eric. on. All right, we have five things contributed uh, by Crystal Wren, and they are five reasons to keep your workplace tidy, and in quotes, from someone who works with slobs. <laughs> so, number one, first impressions never have a second chance, and she says a, a uh, neat and orderly workplace instills greater confidence in potential customers and conveys professionalism and attention to detail. Couldn't agree with that more. Number two, Increased productivity of employees. If you have to walk across the building for a piece of tape or spend time looking for things that weren't put back in the right place, you are wasting valuable time and energy with no benefit. Every workstation should have the materials needed on hand. I feel like I wrote this myself. <laughs> number, number three, reduce stress and foster an environment for happier employees. Clean and decluttered spaces tend to feel more relaxing and inspire a feel-good feeling. Uh, number four, minimize hazards and safeguard employee health. In the event of an emergency, have obstacles in the hallway. Uh, having obstacles in the hallway can slow down or even prevent employees from leaving the building. Proper air ventilation and cleanliness also help reduce sickness and lost work days. And last, number five, save money and keep things running smoothly. Untidy environments are distracting and distractions in the workplace can eat up valuable man hours. Time is money. Don't let those little tasks that like finding a piece of paper hold you or others back from actual productivity. So Crystal, those are all awesome. And thank you so much for contributing that. Uh, we have a spot on, uh, on the two regular guys website where you can go in and contribute five things just the way Crystal did. And uh, we would love to hear input from uh, from the regulators out there. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, Eric's got it up on the screen, but for the podcast listeners, it's tworegularguys.com forward slash five things. That's the number five and the number two, by the way. <laughs> five things. Uh, and so, yeah, you can go there and, uh, it, you know, Crystal would use the form and input that stuff and it shot right over to us. So Crystal, great job. If you want to actually record your own voice doing it, we, we can play that if you want to send us a video. So just go to that page. All that stuff's right there. I promised that the first person to do it would get a pair of the two regular guys socks. So these are going <laughs> in. the. Oh, sorry. We'll put those this, back up. Thank you. Those Eric. are new, right? Those are these new. Are new. These are new. I'm, I'm wearing a pair too. I don't think I can get my leg up there. I played volleyball last night, so sorry, we're not doing that, but, um, <laughs> so yes, on, on the way, Crystal, thank you so much for, uh, for doing that. And, uh, you know, I may have some other stuff lying around here to, uh, entice people to get those, those in. So we'll see, I'm not making any more promises, but, uh, you never know. Right. So, uh, give it a try. <laughs> awesome. All right, Terry. Well, uh, what's, what's coming up on, on your schedule here? Okay, well, uh, Dax Show is coming up soon at, in Chicagoland, Tinley Park. Uh, April 22nd at 10.20, I'm going to be doing specialty inks and how to use them properly, followed at 12.30 by why is uh, getting started in DTG printing so confusing? My complete screen printing business course uh, at Atlas Screen Supply in Chicago will be May 21st and 22nd. 
Uh, my class here at Workhorse Products in Phoenix has moved from the end of May to June 11th and 12th. And you can find all of my class dates uh, coming up for 2022 at my website, terrycombs.com. How about you, Aaron? Yeah, um, the main thing I wanted to share is the Unlock Your Potential workshop that's coming up here at the uh, on Sunday. Um, earlier, Jerry had had a comment that I didn't get a chance to, to reply to. He's asked if there's still room. There is still room. So uh, our successgroup.com forward slash unlock. Join us for that this Sunday. Once you're there, if Sunday doesn't work, like I said, we, we keep changing the times and days all and we do it once a month. Um, so there's bound to be a time or day that works for you. So just check that out. We, we kind of keep the next five months populated to keep that moving forward. Um, so yeah, we'd love to have you join us there. Um, and then coming up in now about 20 minutes, uh, we've got the half with Eric Campbell and myself. It's a wide open 30 minutes of Q and a, we don't have any scripts or outlines or anything like that. We're just answering listeners questions, interacting and engaging with those live listeners. So, and, and the best part about it, and sometimes a little fun's even had because of this, uh, it's the one time in Eric and I's life that 30 minutes is actually 30 minutes. There's never bonus time, no exceptions. Like um, right now. Like right now, yeah. <laughs> we actually cut it off at 30 minutes, even if we're in the middle of a conversation. And occasionally that may be even a little scripted, but <laughs> we always get and like here's some... the secret of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Last week, the question came in from Todd that, uh, who are the who are the speakers to avoid? Who are the people that are just uh, predatory salesmen, so to speak? I can't remember exactly how the question went, but it was about like that. And so right as Eric started in, obviously he wasn't going to say anything. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, I don't I don't mean to be giving away our secrets, but you can tune in over at uh, liveosg.com or on the Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Our Success Group Pro. Uh, while you're at either of those places, Live OSG gets you to YouTube or when you're on Facebook. If you search Eric, E-R-I-C-H, Campbell, you will be able to uh, tune in from those locations as well. So just make sure that you're liking and subscribing and following at all four of those locations. And uh, then you'll you'll hopefully get some notifications when that happens now in uh, 19 minutes. So <laughs> that's what I've got coming up here, Terry. Uh, let's see what Eric's got on the board here. 2.30 Mountain Time today, uh, which would be 3.30 Center of the Universe Time for all of those that live in the Central Time Zone. 1.30 Mountain Standard Time. Oh, you now you're in Mountain Standard Time. Yeah, see, I, yeah. I stopped trying to keep track. Um, <laughs> so uh, at 2.30 Mountain Time, the take up, it's episode 107, Getting Design Information and Technique Analysis Part 2, uh, which... If you tuned in last week, part one was almost two hours, I believe, Eric. So <laughs> there's going to be lots of great information. This guy is so amazingly giving and um, just gives of all this knowledge. And uh, so show up and check it out. Become a reciprocator. That's we've got the regulators here at Two Radio Guys. You got reciprocators over there. And today he's going to discuss why customer interviews are so important to get the best information for digitizing and decorating with concrete examples and continue his segment on analyzing embroidery samples for technique cues. So uh, you want to head over to Eric Campbell, E-R-I-C-H Campbell.com and you click on the take up tab at the top and that'll give you the playlist plus where to check it out live. And uh, yeah, so at two 30 mountain time, be sure you're there to, uh, Learn all about amazing information that Eric gives freely all the time. Uh, Eric also has two classes at the DAX Chicagoland show. 
And uh, April 21st, he's got from 8.30 in the morning till noon, he's doing a workshop about digitizing your first design, kind of finding your foundation, giving you the, the digitizing foundation you need. Even if you don't plan on being a digitizer, understanding this information is so important for an embroiderer because it allows you to better work with a digitizer. It allows you to better understand why things do what they do when you get it on a machine. Uh, Eric is such a master at at building those foundational pieces that it doesn't matter what software, it doesn't matter what machine, it doesn't matter any of that part. As long as you have this foundation, you're going to be able to be successful. So make sure you're checking that one out on April 21st there at DAX. If you go to DAXshow.com for that. And then the next day on the 22nd, uh, about 2.20 in the afternoon, he's going to be teaching design, editing, and alterations. So um, great stuff from Eric and Terry, and I will be there teaching at DAX as well two weeks away. I can't believe it. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Well, Terry, I think we've, uh, we've done it. We've come to the close of another show. Episode number 445 is in the books. So uh, thanks very much to William Boardman. And uh, we really appreciate him spending some time with us today and bringing all that amazing information uh, from his world into our world. So thank you very much, William. Up. Oh. Terry, you're on mute. I said, blah, 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 taco burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there was a dog barking upstairs. <laughs> we want to thank your show producer, Eric Campbell, for keeping the wheels on the podcast pus uh, going round and round every week. <laughs> nice. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it very much. And uh, next week, Terry, an old friend of ours, Craig Mertens, who's with Graphics Flow, is going to be joining us to talk about garment and product decorating graphics. So, uh, Always fun to talk to Craig, and uh, you you have a history with him. I I do as well. All good history. Um, we've known yeah. Craig for a very long time. We Many Terry and I years. worked in a place that was across the street from where he was at. So exactly <laughs> we had lunch right. with them at uh, Munchamania. Munchamania. Thank you. <laughs> so looking forward to talking right. to Craig next week, Terry. Absolutely. Uh, until then, I'm Terry Combs. He's Aaron Montgomery. We are the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out! <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.